The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. The brilliant filmmaker Ken Burns has won several Emmy Awards for his epic films and docuseries, scoring two Academy Award nominations for Brooklyn Bridge and the Statue of Liberty. Some of my other favorites from his group were On the Civil War, Baseball, Jazz, The Roosevelt's, and The National Parks, to name a few. His latest, The U.S. and the Holocaust, which takes a look at America's response, and I've got Ken Burns on the line right now to discuss. Hey, Jim. Ken, I'm thrilled to have you back on the show, and welcome. Thanks so much for your time. Congratulations on the latest docuseries, The U.S. and the Holocaust. How did you and your team decide that you would tackle arguably the greatest humanitarian crisis in history? Yeah, it was it was a long time incubating. Usually you have a gut sense and, you know, it's the way you fall in love. You go yes to a project, or sometimes you have to think about it. This was a combination. We'd already done in our 2007 film a significant uh, part on the Holocaust. That film was uh, the, called The War about the U.S. Uh, in the Second World War. Yeah. And, and, and yet afterwards, a lot of people came up to us with a lot of questions, most of it misinformation and disinformation and kind of, you know, kind of historical prejudice about something or somebody and presumptions about it that we kind of went, hmm, maybe we've got a film here that's just about the U.S. and the Holocaust. And then our film in 2014, seven years later, about the Roosevelt's brought out the same kind of comments because we'd had a, a smaller but not insignificant scene on the Holocaust there, too. So at that point in 2015, we joined with the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. Uh, they were mounting an exhibition and they agreed to help advise us and we agreed to work in cooperation with them. And so we worked for seven years on this project, which was trying to answer all those questions using the best and most recent scholarship. And when it was even that scholarship was under contention to allow um, you know, different points of view to coexist. And it's basically what we knew and when we knew it. Americans like to think we didn't know what was going on until we liberated the concentration camps. Not true. 3,000 articles in 1933 alone before a single Jew had been killed uh, in Germany when Hitler came to power about discrimination against Jews and discriminatory uh, practices and laws that were being passed. Uh, we knew everything was going on and, and Americans were overwhelmingly suspicious of immigrants and anti-Semitic because people like the industrialist Henry Ford and the aviator Charles Lindbergh had whipped up a great deal of anti-Jewish sentiment. And so it's a it's a kind of a cautionary tale. As you said, it is the, the, the nadir of civilization, as one of our survivors also says in the film. Uh, but it's we're not free of these impulses today. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, has recorded more anti-Semitic acts this year than in any other time that it's recorded stuff, which ought to give us pause. Holocaust scholar Deborah Lipsight says in the film, the time to stop a genocide is before it happens. I would add to it, you know, the time to save a democracy is before it's lost. Um, I think you've answered just about five or six of the questions <laughs> <laughs> that I had for you. Uh, thank you Sorry, very much. One thing you reveal, which is just so shocking, uh, is that when Hitler and the Nazis instituted the Nuremberg uh, laws, it took away all rights of the Jewish people, and it was actually modeled after our Jim Crow laws in the southern states, taking away the rights of African-American citizens. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It, it is unbelievable. It, it is important now to stop and say, 
we had nothing to do with the Holocaust. The United States did not. In fact, it let in more refugees than uh, any other sovereign nation, although I argue that we could let in five or ten times more and have saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And we did not do that. And that is a major failing on our part. But there's lots of connections. Hitler admired the way we had, as he put it, exterminated the native population and corralled the rest into reservations. Uh, He applauded our immigration law that severely restricted and gave quotas to high quotas to what he would call Aryan nations, Northern European Protestant white groups. Uh, He applauded our embrace of eugenics, which is the pseudoscience that suggests there could be a hierarchy of races. As you know, there's only one race, that's the human race. And everybody, as the United States articulated for all time, is created equal. And yes, they studied our Jim Crow laws to model uh, their anti-discriminatory laws against the United States. And so um, we have these ideas are everywhere in the world. Racism and anti-Semitism and nativism and anti-immigrant sentiments, they rear their heads in greater proportions in different times than others. And unfortunately, uh, Mark Twain said history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And there's not a film I've done that doesn't rhyme with the present. But when we began this in 2015, there were a handful of rhymes. By the time we finished uh, at the end of last year or early this year, um, there wasn't a sentence in our script that didn't rhyme with the present moment. I am so sorry to report. Yes, I was going to say, unfortunately, yes, this is true. Uh, In the first episode, which examines America before the Holocaust, uh, and we were mired in our own anti-Semitism and anti-immigration, although, like you mentioned, we had more Jewish and other refugees than any other sovereign nation, but it really, it still wasn't enough, was it? Which, again, reminds us of modern times. Exactly. We we had let in, just we had open borders, basically, from 1870 to 1920. They enriched our country a million times over, but they created a backlash. You hear about the replacement theory here, the idea that other people that are not white and Protestant are going to take over the United States. Um, Again, trying to create what every authoritarian tries to do, which is create an other. There's an us and then there's an other, and that just doesn't exist. I've, I've been making films about the U.S., but also about us, and I know that there's no them. There's only us. And those areas that um, are so opposed to immigration, for example, or are mostly anti-Semitic are those places that don't come in contact with Jews or immigrants. And those places that do are the most accepting because they see that they're us as well, that there is only one race, the human race. And this is, you know, a lesson that unfortunately human beings have to learn and relearn and relearn over and over again uh, throughout time. I guess it's because human um, nature doesn't change. And we still, as Thomas Jefferson suggests in the Declaration, are susceptible to tyranny and and are willing to suffer tyranny, suggesting that democracy takes work. Uh, and takes active in a kind of citizenship that gets involved. And so just beware, just look around you. If somebody's telling you there's a them, run away. Um, I, you know, looking at the title of the series with the U.S. in the title, I knew that this was looking through a different lens than we had seen before. But you're dealing with such a painful story. How do you avoid making this unwatchable? Yeah, well, first of all, you don't get into the re-victimization of the victims. That is to say, you don't participate in war or Holocaust porn. You know, there's restraint 
You don't show the worst stuff because that just right. re-victimizes people and makes it hard to understand. You do a bottom-up story, understanding individuals who got out, individuals who didn't get out. And you also, this is not just a bummer. This is a story, a heroic story of lots of Americans, including bureaucrats. Certainly the State Department had a lot of anti-Semites, but there's a young kid over in Treasury who starts the War Refugee Board that ends up saving tens of thousands of lives in Romania and Hungary at the end of the war. There are lots of individual American citizens and groups that go over at risk of their own lives and save human beings from this. And so while the United States government, because the Congress had passed this pernicious uh, immigration law, couldn't do much, um, we found ways to get around it and and help people. And that's why we let in more people than any other sovereign nation. I'm just suggesting that had we been the big hearted country that we think we are, we could have let in, you know, at least five times, if not 10 times more. And that means saving potentially a couple million lives. I can't encourage people enough to watch and you can still uh, catch it. Uh, the U.S. and the Holocaust at PBS Documentaries uh, Prime Video Channel and on PBS Passport. I checked it. It's still on my phone on the app. Ken, always an honor. And I understand you've got a book coming out November 1st. Yes. Yes. It's called Our America, a photographic history. It's probably, I should title it, My America. But it's uh, beginning with the first photograph ever taken in the United States, black and white photograph in 1839 up to the present, all black and white photographs each a single photograph to a page with a minimal caption and in the back then a thumbnail and a larger description and story behind each of the photographs. Uh, but it's all of us in our glory, our play, our joy, our sorrow, our wars, our peace, our natural beauty. It's all there. And I, I just think it's I've been working on this for 15 years at night and over the weekends, and uh, <laughs> every one of the 50 states is represented, and uh, and all of our films are there without us pointing a, a neon sign at it. And you can just enjoy us. I think it's the best uh, Christmas present if you got somebody curious yes. about where we've been or where we might be going uh, uh, for folks of all ages. So I'm, I'm very proud of it, and it's been getting some just terrific advance notices. So thank you for bringing that up. The wonderful filmmaker Ken Burns, uh, it's always great to talk to you in honor. Thanks so much, Ken. Good luck with everything. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. Great to be with you. How Ken Burns has any time to work on a book, I have no idea. It seems that he and his team are working on about a dozen different projects in the future, and his book sure sounds great. Well, that finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. 